It's the Early Access Podcast, episode 41, September 1st, 2020. We are now six months into being locked up, and you can find your favorite Being Locked Up podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and not wherever podcasts are found, because those are the only two places that I feel like putting them live on twitch.tv slash Shampoo at 8 p.m. PDT. We covered a lot of topics in the pre-show, including uh, things like how Burger King paid a bunch of streamers, a small donation, and then just clip those together to make a commercial. Uh, fuck Burger King. But I want to focus the actual meat on this episode uh, in my fuck GameStop campaign. So to give you a little context, because we were talking about this uh, a couple seconds ago. You, you, how did you pronounce this name? Ibanano. Ibanano. It, it's, it starts Ibanano. with a Y. And yeah. English words don't usually start with Y. But whoever this guy is. All right. So. I gave GameStop a call the other day. If you guys watched uh, earlier on my YouTube channel, GameStop sent me an exclusive GameStop Pokemon card. It's a giant Snorlax. Uh, And they also sent me a binder. Basically what happened is the Pokemon card was packaged vertically in the box. So when you close the lid, the card gets smashed. It was super damaged. I'm not even like being a Karen and being super picky about getting a literally perfect card. It's just straight up uh, effectively like wrinkled on one side. So I sent GameStop a support email after six months, because this is at the beginning of quarantine, of not really doing anything about it. I decided to give them a call, and E-Banano, whoever this guy is, uh, answered the phone, and this dude legit sounded like he was in a truck going down the freeway with no brakes, with all the windows down. Uh, It's incredibly hard to, to communicate with him, but I eventually got it across like, hey, uh, I got this damaged product. Can you send me a new one? So, like I said, they sent me a, a card and a binder. All you got to do is put the card in the binder to not damage the card. Uh, but what happened is they put the, the card in the box improperly, so it got crushed. So I was like, can you send me another card? Just today, I got a brand new package, and I open it up, and it has the binder in it, which is totally fine. I have now two perfect mint condition binders and one damaged card. And I made it very clear to him that I wanted the card. Uh, and GameStop just has been just very, very bad lately. Been shipping me a lot of things without packaging. Uh, they shipped me a box of Pokemon cards where they kind of just threw the blister packs into a box with no bubble wrap whatsoever. USPS decided to, uh, or it was, I think it was UPS, absolutely obliterated the box. I think someone was playing soccer with it. There was a very clear, like, kick mark on it. But so I called... I called them back, and this is where this is where things get a little weird. This happened literally a couple hours ago, and I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Uh, I was actually on a call with Kitty when this happened. So I give GameStop a call, and I have to wait one hour. They're like, the queue is one hour long. Do you want us to call you back? And I'm like, yeah, sure. An hour and a half passes. I'm on a call just hanging out on Discord with Kitty. Um, and they call me back. They make me wait another 30 minutes, but... Uh, at the end of it, this nice Filipino lady picked up. And so I give her my address and, and all that. And I, I described to her the problem. She sounds like my grandma. She's definitely a, an older Filipino lady. And she realized I give her my full name. Uh, and one piece of my name is very, very Filipino. And so she's like, oh, you're Filipino. And I'm like, yeah, my, my parents are my parents are Filipino. And she says, you don't have any kind of uh, Filipino accent. I'm like... Uh, ma'am, I just want my Snorlax. That's actually what I'm thinking. I just want my card. 
Um, but you know, she's helping me out. I'm willing to humor a little bit of conversation. We're in quarantine. We're all lonely and locked up. So, you know, whatever. And, uh, I tell her like, yeah, I was raised in California. My parents were not raised in the Philippines. My grandparents were, um, but I, um, I don't have an accent because we don't speak Tagalog or Ilocano, which are two Filipino dialects in my house. Uh, so I just have a, an American accent. She's like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, do you plan on visiting the Philippines anytime soon? And, uh, you know, I give her the whole, it's probably not a good idea right now to, to fly out. I'm being very cordial about it. I'm not actually even mad that she asked any of these questions. It's just a little, a little weird. Um, it seems anytime, uh, someone realizes I'm Filipino, this it seems to happen exclusively with older people. You kind of get like a, you kind of get an extra pass and they're, they're like really extra friendly to you. Uh, I don't know if like white people get this benefit, but it's, it's kind of like the, the same type attack bonus. That's a, that's a Pokemon thing, but for, for people, right? You're the same, I don't know. They just want to relate to, to people who are the same to them. But anyway, mm-hmm. so, uh, I'm talking to her for a little bit more. And so I'm trying to describe to her Snorlax and I actually asked my mom for a benchmark. She's like, yes, I want the Snorlax Pokemon card. So Snorlax it's a combination of the words snore and lax. She's like, oh, that's what we call our manager because he's lazy, which was hilarious that she said that um, and that I that she had found out what a Snorlax actually was. But And then she says, so I, I thought you wanted a Pokemon. I'm like, no, ma'am. Snorlax is a type of Pokemon, like a Labrador Retriever is a type of dog. She's like, oh, yeah. I've, I've spent a lot of time explaining Pokemon to old people and, you know, my mother when I was a kid. Oh, I, mom, I want... I want a GameCube, not a Nintendo. I want a GameCube. And so I've, I've become pretty strong at explaining what things are to people. But there was one point that was, that was very heartbreaking in the, in the call. Like after she's asking all these questions and I, I, I give her a real thorough explanation as to what a Snorlax is. She literally asked me point blank. I swear you can ask Kitty because I had this lady on speaker because it was hilarious. And uh, she asked me point blank. Sir, why are you not mad or frustrated or yelling at me? And I, I literally had to ask her, can you repeat the question? She's like, yeah, why why are you not really angry with me? Why aren't you yelling at me? And that was really, I, she was actually sincere. Like, this wasn't a joke. It's kind of heartbreaking. Uh, I gave her the whole spiel. Like, yeah, I, you know, I know it's not your fault that my packages are damaged and that people are sending me the wrong thing. And I know you're just trying to help me out. And I want, you know, to treat you with the professionalism that I'd expect back. And uh, ultimately, I just I just want my Snorlax card because it's GameStop exclusive. I know it's not your fault, um, and I'm not, you know, not going to hold that against you. I, I know you're just trying to help me. And uh, she was she's like, oh, oh, thank you for that. We went on, but that was... I had never had a customer service person ask me why I'm not yelling at them. I know it's not uncommon, you know, like, oh, the, my internet's not working. I got to call the stupid AT&T rep for the 50th time and shout at them. I know it's probably not uncommon for them to be yelled at. Um, that was just a really, really shocking thing to, uh, to have been asked, like just kind of point blank. So we'll see if this time I actually get my package correctly and that they don't ship me another binder because I'm going to keep calling them asking for my, my card eventually. And I'll just end up with stacks and stacks of binders. But uh, at the end of the day, fuck GameStop. Because whoever's packaging stuff at their Texas facility, God forbid I order like a limited edition collector's edition steel book, steel cover book of a game or something like that. And they absolutely just destroy it. They can't afford bubble wrap with it. 
stupid facility. But uh, yeah, fuck GameStop. Don't like those guys uh, and whoever they're shipping out. But shout out to the nice Filipino lady who helped me out. And uh, fuck, what was this guy's name? Your your banana. Whoever you banana. Ibanano. Ibanano. I said at least. I don't know. I've never seen. Yeah, we before. have no idea. It, it's the name on the packing slip. Uh, you lazy bastard. Like, <laughs> please just send me my card. They've messed it up multiple times. Anyway, uh, in other news, in other actually Pokemon related news, trending today on Twitter was Pokemon Masters EX, but put together is Pokemon Master Sex. That's how I read it, even though I knew what it was. So, <laughs> so everyone reads it. For a little bit of context, Pokemon Masters uh, has been a mobile game that's been out uh, in, they announced it and released it actually one year ago. And so they updated the game and they said, Pokemon Masters is a whole new experience. And to commemorate that experience, we are now calling Pokemon Masters, Pokemon Masters EX for the new experiences and adventures with your Pokemon you will have. And so they paid for a hash flag. Now, a little bit of insider information. Not really insider. I think you can Google this. But a hash flag, which is if a popular movie comes out um, or something like that, and you type a hashtag, there's a little picture or an emoji next to it. That is called a hash flag. And those hash flags start at about $1 million, which is no no money at all to the Pokemon company. But the Pokemon company paid um, and has been promoting on their official account, Pokemon Masters EX, capitalized properly. Um, but everyone else has been been running a meme with it. Uh, Pokemon Masters Sex. And uh, the, the memes have been absolutely great, uh, especially as someone who like follows Pokemon Twitter pretty deeply. Now... I, I actually don't think that the Pokemon... I think they're playing 3D chess. I'm going to be honest. The Pokemon Twitter is clearly run by Millennials or Zoomers. Who, who's before Millennials? Is it Zoomers? X. Oh, wait. Before, like, who's older? Or no. Who's who's younger than... Who's like who's 18 right now? What do you call those people? It's, it's a Zoomers. Yeah, it's Z. I, I'm pretty sure Millennials and Zoomers are running the Pokemon accounts because they're very, they're very into, I don't know, the recent hip lingo god now i sound old jesus christ i'm only 25 i i legitimately think though that the way pokemon twitter is running uh themselves that i think pokemon master sex was legitimately 3d chess on their part to get people to talk about it and promote the mobile app uh and it is trending today in the u.s with over sixty thousand retweets if not it's a it's a minor twitter fuck up that's not ultimately that big of a deal I don't think anyone is like, you know, no one, no one did any. We're not all calling out people being racist uh, on Twitter. Hashtag whoever is canceled. Uh, so ultimately, it's just kind of something funny that happened today. Speaking of actual things that happened today that are maybe not so good. I was scrolling through. This is actual breaking news. A Twitch employee was actually banned from Twitch Day. Hassan, he was actually a pretty high... Um, notoriety, um, very public-facing Twitch employee. Um, there were some allegations back when the whole uh, when we did a couple episodes back of the whole uh, streamers accusing people of sexual assault and all that stuff. Um, according to streamer bans, Hassan, his official staff account was banned. And according to someone else, a little bit deeper in the comments. Uh, again, this is the internet, so it's you know only as reliable as as you think. The, his account is still partnered, but it has lost its staff flag. Twitch said that 
you know, it's not going to comment on the employment status of any of their employees. Uh, as of right now, I'm looking at his Twitter. Hassan's uh, Twitter bio still says accounts director, strategic partnerships at Twitch. But it looks like his uh, little Twitch tag, you know, if there's Twitch staff in your chat, you'll see the little wrench. That has been actually removed. Uh, and he was accused by a streamer of probably, uh, you know, there were so many different allegations out there that I can't even keep track of. Probably some uh, not so great acts and Twitch has actually taken action against him a couple of weeks later. Twitch did comments saying that they were um, working with a third party and that investigation uh, into Hassan has concluded and that they are now taking action based on uh, the findings of that investigation. Uh, I don't really have much more information on that, but that's pretty huge. Twitch has taken action against uh, someone who is very notable. Uh, you know, I'd see him actually. I don't think I've ever spoken to the guy, although I might have been wrong. I, I might have been in a conversation where he was also present at some point. Um, but I do know a lot of friends who actually worked closely with him. Um, and he used his position uh, of power at Twitch to... Uh, you know, work his way in and uh, and supposedly, uh, as he was accused, do some things with people that might not have been completely consensual. So that was absolutely ginormous news literally coming out minutes before we started recording. Uh, in other news, so I was talking to Kuehler about this earlier. I don't know much about what's been going on about OnlyFans, but Bella Thorne, uh, a super fan. Do you even know what Bella Thorne is famous for, Kuehler? I have no idea, actually. I only know her because of this. I've heard of her I, name yeah, beforehand a few times, but never. I have no idea who, what for. I can look that up. So going off of what I know from the Philip DeFranco show, um, rich people have been taking to OnlyFans. OnlyFans is a website that has been built up by sex workers, by amateur sex workers, uh, who, especially during the quarantine, need to be taking advantage of digital mediums in order to make any kind of money. And so I also want to I also want to say like so there were a few bills that were passed a few years ago that were specifically designed to target sex trafficking but kind of inadvertently maybe, maybe intentionally depending on how conspiracy minded you are uh, targeted sex work too like it was broad enough language that it started doing that so certain websites like Backpages which was the big popular site at the time had to go down and like Craigslist pulled a lot of their more like sexual listings and things like that. So around that kind of time, OnlyFans also started to kind of pop up as like, this is another way for us to operate online. Because there's a safety online with having like a service that can protect and help you, as opposed to having yeah. to offer your services entirely on your own, which is dangerous for many reasons. Yeah. And it's also not obviously, and obviously online. And, it's uh, not as and, physical. Or like going to pimps and shit in real life, which is even more dangerous. Yeah. Uh, just... I mean, if you know me, it's pretty obvious my stance that I'm pro OnlyFans. It's another avenue at which creators can make content, uh, a bit adult content. But anyway, there's been an influx of celebrities going over to OnlyFans and uh, making insane bank. I think so OnlyFans, due to uh, this Bella Thorne, which I actually can't even verify this happened. Um, listen to the Philip DeFranco show, looked around. Supposedly, Bella Thorne offered a pay-per-view um, so you have to subscribe to her Patreon, or not her Patreon, excuse me, her OnlyFans. And then right. on top of that, you have to pay for this extra super lewd photo. Um, that lewd photo straight up was supposedly, uh, it contained nudity. 
And it turned out people paid $200 to get that pay-per-view and it did not contain nudity. And so a lot of people started charging back. I actually don't know if that's fully true. Um, I've heard people say that that was the the text. Oh, this is completely nude. Buy it for $200. I heard that was Photoshopped and I don't believe Photoshopping something too. like that is difficult. So I'm not sure where the truth lies. But what did happen was OnlyFans is now limiting the uh i think it's fifty dollars or a hundred dollars the cost of pay-per-view so you can no longer charge you know two hundred dollars for pay-per-view because now they have to handle all these people charging back and refunds and all that stuff so it protects them um by having a limit to pay-per-view and that's actually a big deal because on top of you know whatever you have to pay only fans gets a cut let's say the limit's fifty dollars only fans gets a cut you have to pay a cut to taxes so they're effectively getting a a cut to their revenue stream where uh, otherwise they didn't have enough. OnlyFans did claim that this cut and these new policies weren't due to Bellathorn, but they they did just so happen to come out after this whole incident. So it's, it's kind of all scary. kind of gray. Um, yeah. I, I really don't know what's happening there. Also, by the way, she is an actress, but I have okay. looked through and she's she's done many films and she's been a, a few cases in television, but I have not like seen anything she's been in so i've seen some of the tv shows she's been in but not the episodes that she's been in she was like in later episodes on like phineas and ferb and whatnot but i've not seen a single thing she's been in so i have reason to, to have not really known about her beforehand so i i am gonna straight up say right now i, I just don't have enough information and enough hard information because i don't know what's true to form an accurate yeah, it's very hard and right, backable it, opinion we don't even know really what happened. What I what I do know is, you know, having been a professional Twitch streamer for so long, that being being an influencer, being a content creator, whether it be an Instagram model, a Twitch streamer, a YouTuber, someone on Patreon, or someone on OnlyFans. Unfortunately, as we saw with the closure of Mixture, uh, Mixture, Mixer, Mixture is a thing on an airplane that I still don't even know what it does. Your your revenue is always subject to shifts of the platform, and, and this is just how it's so happening to rear its head most recently, you know, with even more, less recently, but recent this year, Mixer closing down. That had a huge impact on on uh, how people make their money. And unfortunately, it's just not a, a stable way right now, really, to, uh, to make income as someone who's kind of uh, self-employed and... You know, I, so I obviously did Twitch for, you know, a very long time and you never know how much your paycheck is. You know, you can have a, a month where you're making four digits and the next month you can make $50. You know, it's just so variable. Uh, and it's, you know, anyone who's thinking of getting either into OnlyFans sex work or into Twitch, uh, that's just kind of something you have to keep in mind. It's just a shifting landscape and the platforms kind of, hold all the cards uh we you know people can complain but ultimately if only fans decides to to do it this way then you don't really have very many places to go to you can't start your own youtube you can't start your own patreon so you're kind of limited to what patreon and only fans uh have to offer i do have so i do have one thing i do have a story on this i do see a lot of people like this happens in every influencer based space you know small twitch streamers oh support small twitch streamers 
uh, small OnlyFans creators, oh, support us. Like, well, I, I only have like 10 fans or whatever. Even card shops are like this. I, I have a harsh and probably not popular opinion that I don't think every small creator deserves to be supported. You need to offer something in an oversaturated market uh, of value. I'm going to take card shops for an example, right? At the bare minimum, you need to have product on the shelves, right? You got to have cards, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, whatever. You need to have a, a place for people to play or build figurines or whatever it is you do there. And that is the bare minimum, all right? Uh, the, the premium things you need to do, like sell singles or get rare cards or sell like PSA slabs or uh, sell some niche product, or get some hard to find product. That is what I think earns you support. That That's what makes you, you know... It's kind of like what you know, a nice guy, a nice guy like yeah, holds the door, doesn't tell the waiter to go fuck himself. You know, there there's some bare minimum things, and just because you're doing the bare minimum, right? You could turn on Twitch, you've done overlays, you have a decent microphone, and you're you're decently talented at a game. Just because you're doing the bare minimum, I don't believe means you should be supported. And that goes for everyone, whether you be a card shop or you're an OnlyFans creator. Just because you, you know. Sounds harsh to say, but posting pictures of your body on the internet doesn't necessarily mean that you're stand out from everyone else doing it. Not every creator, I believe, deserves support. You have to do something to stand out. Now, on the flip side of that, I feel like some big creators aren't doing things to stand out, right? Bella Thorne, for example, is standing out because she's literally just famous, right? And so it's kind of unfair, but it is the landscape of how... Uh, the you know people have to want to give you money right you can't just open a store and say come in and give me money and buy my things right you have to convince people and provide a service and go above and beyond for people to give you money because there is so much competition in the market so my story relating to this whole thing back at twitchcon long beach uh i don't think you got into this party cooler this was the one, one where you went to mcdonald's it was the one on the boat the one on the boat, yeah, no, it was too long. The line was like two miles Logging. long and was clogging up the roads. It was actually that long. Okay, and so Kueller... So, yeah, it wasn't even like we didn't get in. We didn't even try. We went to McDonald's with... I went to McDonald's with Ryan because we didn't even bother trying to get in. And, I mean, at that point, our shame had completely been deteriorated, so we just figured might as well. So this ties in. Kueller, uh, unfortunately, wasn't here for the story, but this ties in the OnlyFans story. Oh, actually, um, despite being unfortunate, when we got back to the... We were kind of, you know, a little bit depressed having to get McDonald's instead of going to the party, in, as would be oh, natural. Oh, by the way, that you were invited to that was included in the ticket Yes, cost. that I paid for. No, I wasn't invited to. I paid my way into the party, which I then could not get into. But when we got back, and I was on my phone, and we started seeing, like, the tweets about the line to the party, we felt a little better, because... We were just chilling on beds, drinking vodka, instead yep. of being stuck in the queue. And I was like, okay, I'll take yep. it. I was in an Uber with a couple other uh, Twitch streamers, and we had to walk through like this brush. One of them was uh, a girl wearing like a really short dress, and we had to like hike through this brush because the Uber driver was like, yeah, we're about a mile out, but if you walk through there, it's about a 10-minute walk. You'd have to go through that brush, <laughs> cross through that parking lot, and hop that fence. And so, obviously, like, I'm with some people who are not wearing fence-hopping attire, but here we are, and so... Not the craziest the thing I've had to go through, surprisingly. I've, I once had to walk on the, on the highway to go around a, a fence. Oh, no. Well, anyway... Yeah, that was in Lima, the, in, in Peru. The taxi driver was like, uh, can't really take you around there, just get off and walk. And there were other people walking with us, and we were just walking on the highway. 
and then we had to like hop through a construction site. It, it was it was something else. So anyway, uh, this story ties into the OnlyFans thing. I promise. We we arrived at that party, and I was with my friend Casey. And there, there's the big boat, but before you get on the boat, there's kind of like this carnival. There's a bunch of people doing crazy things. And so we stand there and we're watching a show. And the, and the it's actually the first show of the night because I got in the partner line and I got in early. So that's how I skipped the massive line Killer was talking about. So it was the first show of the night. We're standing with maybe a couple dozen people uh, hanging out around the stage. And there's people spinning fire. And there's this dude who went up last. And he's got tattoos all over his body. There's still a picture of him. Actually, cool. If you can find this picture on my Twitter, you don't have to go real far back. Um, but he's got like tattoos all over his body. We can't he's see doing it some anyways, on the podcast. crazy shit. He is. Oh, that's true. He's he like swallowed a sword like straight up right down his esophagus, pulled it back out, flipped it around. Dude was insane. I um, would like to mention that you know they're able to afford all this crazy shit because we all bought tickets to that party. Yes. Yes, as and I mentioned so, before, it was it was a feudalist system. Like all of, all of the yep. peasants <laughs> all the had to pay so that the higher class could just take all of that money and enjoy themselves and keep the peasants off the boat. Which yes. they chose a boat, which was inherently not very good for space. <laughs> no, no, I mean there was the dock afterwards, but anyway. So this guy, I forgot what other tricks he did, but there was there's fire and knives and people being stabbed and swallowing swords. And so at the very end, he gets up on stage and like, thank you everyone for watching. I have a special deal for you guys. Uh, if you got, if you have a $1 bill, you could staple a dollar to my forearm. If you have a $5 bill, you could staple a dollar to my eyes. If you have a $20 bill, you can staple $20 to my nipples. If you have a $50 bill, you can staple to my tongue. And if you have a hundred well, let's just say I hope no one over eight, no one under eighteen is watching, and you can staple it there. And I was like, I literally turned to my friend Casey, like, Casey, I need a hundred dollars right now because I just bought us drinks. I really wanted to staple a hundred dollars. This guy's nuts. And to this day, this day, if I ever go back there, I will have a hundred dollars in my pocket, and I will staple a hundred dollars. This man's nuts. Um, I just bought us <laughs> drinks, uh, and Casey was like, I only got a twenty. I'm like, that's fucking perfect, dude. I'll pay you back later. So I, I go up to him. And, and unfortunately, no one's taking the offer. And he gets off stage. And I don't know if this is me projecting, but he looked a little disappointed. I'm like, wait, 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 man. I got you. I got you. I got a 20. And so he's like, oh, yes. And so he takes the staple gun back out of his pants. This is like a legit staple gun. This isn't like a one of the ones you, like a school librarian might use. This is a, like, this thing shoots. And so he gives me some instructions. And, and he looks. He's handing me the staple. He's like, before I hand this to you, please, I don't bitch out. I need you. To really staple this on me. It hurts way more if it's just hanging off. If you really get it in there, it's much better for me. And I, I, I you know, and then he puts a staple on with the most confidence I've ever had. It's one of the most intimate moments I've ever had with another man. I take the staple out of his hand. I'm like, I got you, dude. And so I take the $20 bill. He's holding up right against like the sensitive parts of his nipple. He's like, all right, uh, you got to staple like right over. Who's on the $20 bill? Benjamin? No. I, I honestly don't oh, holy know. Holy shit, I don't know. But anyway, I never yeah, check. Just, sta- just staple him right between the eyes. Please don't hesitate. Nowadays and shit like that. I have no idea. And, and he's like, I got you, bro. And so there's this whole crowd watching around me. And he hands me the stapler. And I, I, I'm I, looking into this girl's eyes, like, who's who's filming me uh, doing this. And I, boom, like, fucking staple. Like, it's quick, right? And I get him solidly. 
And the dude, like, Ugh, like, he flinches a little, but he really takes it. This is the first time this man's been stapled in the nipple. And everyone in the crowd's like, oh, and I don't flinch at all. This probably has, I don't know if this has anything to do with my character or my upbringing, but I, I had no problem stapling this man. I wish I had a 50 so I could staple him in the eyeball. Uh, I think it was the eyelid. It was the eyeball. I think that would be some permanent damage. How do you, that, that requires some aim, though. I feel like He probably staple- had a different instrument. Okay, because I or feel like the staple like- is larger than the eye. It's also, like, thicker than the eyelid. Should, certainly it would go into the eyeball, unless maybe he, like, this man was, stretched yeah. out his eyelid or something. He was willing to have 100 staple, uh, staple to his balls. But the point is, I was the only one brave enough to staple money on that man that day. I think someone may have stapled, like, a $1 bill to his forearm, which, dude, you, like, that really can't hurt that much, right? Like, I wouldn't want to... I w- I, I, I don't wouldn't want charge to a dollar that. for that, but... I wouldn't want to try it. Right, like... And so, I think he showed on that stage the epitome... The dude fucking swallowed a sword. Like, that's the epitome of, like, crazy skill. And no one wanted to tip him. And that's just kind of how the market is, you know? You could you could have the greatest fucking tit picks on OnlyFans, and no one wants to pay for them. And that's just kind of how it is. Now, I do think, at a certain point, dude... If people are swallowing swords, I'm tipping that man a 20. Dude, if I'm tipping the waitress at Denny's a 10 for giving me my fucking $20 grand slam and drink, I'm tipping that man a 20 for fucking swallowing a sword, spinning some fire, nearly breaking his neck, and I'm happy to staple it to his nipple. And uh, so that's kind of how it goes. You know, I think that was objectively some great talent, dangerous as fuck. Oh, he also bent over. He put the entire sword in his mouth, down his throat, and then at the waist, like kind of put his hands on his waist and bent over. And that's just scary as fuck. That that is very scary. Um, That's objectively talented, and no one wanted to staple money. I think some people might have rather handed money to him. Um, But yeah, the picture's up on my Twitter if you search back far enough. I literally stapled money on this man. And that just comes to show, like, you can... You can have all that talent. You can have all that extra service to offer. But any kind of performer, street performer, Twitch, OnlyFans, Patreon, Mixer, doesn't matter. Sometimes you might just not get there. And, and you know, as much as we can do, um, I also think that, you know, while we should support those who are talented, I, I legitimately think that, all right, so let's be honest, some of you just aren't talented. Some of you aren't swallowing swords and bending over. And, and those people, you know, uh, the card shop that, it sells packs of Pokemon cards, but always runs out of stock or, you know, they're not really knowledgeable on the game or product or any of that. Like you got to go above and beyond as a creator. And uh, I think that's really the, the takeaway from my story. That being said, if you do go above and beyond and I have a hundred dollar bill in my pocket, I will staple it to your nuts. That, that if you ask me to this day, it's actually one of my biggest regrets, not maybe biggest regrets in life, but I wish I had a hundred dollar bill. Like that wouldn't have been something that I would have felt bad about. Like, that would I would have felt like you know, he deserved it. <laughs> like for the listeners, I, also, if you go to Nikki's Twitter at Stealth Shampoo and you search for staple, that's staple singular, not staple past tense or staples plural, you'll find the tweet. Can you describe this man? I think he was wearing a hat. Oh yes, he was. He was wearing a hat. Okay, so a couple people, uh, a couple people stapled ones to like his stomach, um, but he's got like a full. Like tattooed mouth, he's got his like rib cage. Dude's hardcore, and uh, no one wanted to staple money to him. So uh, I I wish you the best, my man. If you're out there, sword swallowing, dude. But um, I think I think he deserved more. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? All right, last topic of the day. I 
I've been getting into Microsoft Flight Simulator. And I am still on... I'm still playing the tutorials. I finally figured out how to map my controller properly. But basically, for the past like three years, I've had in my closet a $500, a Logitech G940. But it's a $500 flight sim rig. And how flight sims kind of go is... I think you buy it, you know, you express a little bit of interest. You play with an Xbox controller because it's natively compatible with Microsoft Flight Simulator, unsurprisingly. You don't go straight to the $500 flight sim, but that's what I did. And I have so little experience in aviation. This is like a complete blind spot. I didn't know what, I still actually don't know what ailerons are or like a mixture is on a plane. It's like right next to the throttle. And so this is like completely new territory to me. Um, and they did also just announce a, the uh, NVIDIA uh, 3000 series of cards. So I'm probably going to be picking one of those up come, I think, next month. But I've been uh, I've been playing Microsoft Flight Simulator. And what's really interesting, and I think this is just kind of a, a study of, I don't know, um, people. Like, this is really like a, this couldn't have been planned, right? But there was this big hurricane um, hitting southeastern America lately. And Microsoft Flight Simulator in real time, can give you weather updates. So in multiplayer, in Microsoft Flight Simulator, people were going around chasing Hurricane Laura, uh, which was going up over Louisiana. Uh, I think this was about last week, which that that I just think is really cool. Like we have planned in-game events like Animal Crossing and their big Easter egg event that everyone's complaining about getting eggs. And, you know, every mobile game in the world, even Call of Duty is like double XP weekends and all that stuff. But uh, that's that's just something, I don't know, maybe people who are more experienced with uh, simulator games can can relate more to that. But that, that's just really cool to me, uh, that this was like a real-life, unplanned, natural disaster that friends of friends, or no, I have friends who have had family displaced because of this hurricane. <laughs> and in 2020, I can fly into the hurricane that, I legitimately have friends who are in the way of this hurricane have to evacuate or, you know, uh, unfortunately have property damage because of it, which is kind of Black Mirror-esque, but also incredible at the same time. Uh, but the point is Microsoft Flight Simulator is a lot of fun. So there's something I was talking to Kitty about earlier. There, I think there's something in men, because my dad is a pilot. And if you if you ever come in, I think you've seen Keeler in my house. There's a bunch of like model airplanes hanging from the yes, ceilings. Yes, I have. I see. There's something that happens at 25 that it, that men in my family, and it has now hit me, that gets them into aviation. I had zero interest in aviation before this. I literally know nothing. I, I legit didn't know how to take off, land a plane. Um, I didn't know what the rudders did. I didn't even know planes had rudders. To be completely honest. Now I have this full like five hundred dollar flight simulator set up, and every day I'm sitting here watching Squirrel. It's Squirrel on YouTube videos explaining like how flight works and how to talk to air traffic control and all that stuff. It is literally, I just I truly know nothing about it. You know, I can't speak Spanish, but I've I live in California. Like if I know some very basic words and I can count uno dos tres and count to three, I can probably count higher than that. Wow. But I can count. In Spanish, you know, like I know a little bit, but aviation is literally something that I have zero experience in. And now I'm like fully into it every night, like watching 30 minutes or an hour of like people flying around Microsoft Flight Simulator, like learning things about it. 
and like figuring out how to map my controls and all that. And apparently this isn't like Kitty has a friend who is also getting in uh, around my age, getting into planes. And my dad is like super into model airplanes. So there's something that happens to dudes apparently in their mid twenties that gets them into planes. But I'm just so hilariously bad at it. Like every time I stream games, you know, I always like to be an authority on it with, with evolve. You know, I had played the game for months before it came out and like all the alphas and betas that not even the public had access to. And, you know, with call of duty, I mean, I've just been playing it for so long and Pokemon, I really go in depth and I like make spreadsheets on what kind of cards I like to play on a lot of stuff. But this is like the first time in a very long time that I have been absolutely completely new to picking up a game and uh it's it's like truly a simulator i think simulators in games kind of go two ways and i have more experience with the goofy kind you know the goat simulator surgeon simulator the like this is a total meme and has actually nothing to do with the thing in real life whereas this is a legitimate like real time i could find and crash into my house actually i found out that you can turn off the plane exploding on impact so i definitely did that as a I'm still learning how to steer, but the game has been a ton of fun. All right. I think that's all we have, Killer. That's all we got. Unless you want to tackle anything else other than the uh, the Jetpack Man flying around LAX. I'm going to bring up the Jetpack Man flying around LAX Let's just, let's just cover that very quickly. There's not much to say except yeah, if, you, you said the whole story, really. I want, I want to talk about this because if two weeks from now we find out that this was a viral pl- prank gone wrong, and I'm kind of like, all right, so United Flight 781 fucking ran into Jetpack Man. But just moments ago, uh, there was there were two pilots who reported on Jetpack Man flying around LAX. Apparently, he was high enough off the ground to where pilots had spotted him, and no one knows who he was. And two different pilots um, had seen him. And people are saying, like, yeah, these pilots are highly trained. This isn't a joke. They legit think someone was flying around on a jetpack. And I wasn't aware jetpacks existed yet. Like, I know there's those water jetpacks that can bring you, like, 10 feet off the lake or whatever. This is kind of cool. This is a legitimate jetpack. Like, this guy had to have been, like, 100-plus feet in the air for him to have been seen by the airplane. And so I just wanted to mention it because if next week uh, a plane goes down or uh, he, he, like, GTA-style hijacks a plane, God forbid, uh... That, that I had mentioned, Jetpack Man, that we had known before he had caused some serious problems. Uh, you know, it's probably not cool that he's flying in, in airspace like that. I mean, you don't need to have any kind of aviation experience to know that you shouldn't fly around an airport. Um, but that is badass as fuck that he owns a jetpack, because I didn't know those actually existed. Like those are a real-life product that a normal human can have. All right, anyway, that's all we got for the Early Access Podcast. Uh, for the first episode of September. Join us every other Tuesday at 8 p.m. PDT on twitch.tv slash Del Shampoo and at Spotify and iTunes. And save the Stell Shampoo Discord at discord.gg slash Del Shampoo uh, because by, uh, I think it's by November 5th. I need to have more people in my Discord otherwise I'll, uh, otherwise I'll lose my partnership and I don't want that. And so I need more people in my Discord. So go over there and join at discord.gg slash Stale Shampoo. Thanks for watching. Uh, Keeler has also been here on the mic. I'll see you guys all in two weeks. Uh, every other week here on the Early Access Podcast.